All right, welcome back to Light the Fight. We are coming at you again with a DM. Going down the DM. <laughs> I was waiting for him. I can't say that every episode, but I want to say it every episode. <laughs> I don't even know the song, so I need to Google it. It's a hip hop song. song for like four or five years ago, and yeah. it's it's not the how should I say it's it's not the most uplifting educational song. It's a comedy song about people sliding into other people's DMs to hook up with them. Oh. So of course it's appropriate for our podcast. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> oh great! I didn't know that I was. You know, I never know with you. I never know what those secret meanings are. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, so what a DM is, in case you aren't already listening to the DMs, is that we invite you guys to send your questions. And it actually makes our day when you communicate with us and message us. There's a couple ways you can do that. You can just hit us up right on our Instagram feed at Light the Fight. You can also go to Elevate Podcasting. Dot com and email us there, or even like the fight podcast at gmail.com. Sorry, I'm gonna cough. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. Anyway, um, write to us and ask your question. Also, um, we love to hear your wins. So I have a collection of those, so we're gonna have to do a winning podcast pretty soon. But anyway, let's what we usually do here is that I have gathered a question or a series of questions that kind of play into each other. And then without any preparation, I read them to David and expect him to solve the world's problems on spot. And we see if he's really worth his weight in his license or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> By the um, way, you become a licensed therapist, you don't have to know how to answer these questions. You just got to pass a bunch of tests, go to school. Okay. So. Well, so... I'm impressed because whenever I get these, whenever the messages come in, I think to myself, oh, okay, what would I say? And then I'm like, yeah, oh, no idea. So here we go. You got to stop saying that. It's like the third time you always <laughs> say, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Stop saying you know what to say because if you weren't here. I'm just so thankful that I don't have to be the one. You're not a therapist. You know, that's like give me a bunch of crafting supplies and I'd be like, I don't know what to do. Well, yeah. guess what? I don't have to know what to do as long as I know you. <laughs> All right. Here we go. I like to always read the first part. Go for it. Your podcast is truly inspired. Ah, <laughs> I have a seven... <laughs> so that makes us feel good and, val and validated. I have a 17-year-old son that I've always struggled to connect with. He is social and smart but hates school. My husband and I discovered last fall that he'd been vaping despite all of our conversations to avoid it and other harmful substances. Unbeknownst to us, he was vaping quite a bit last summer and fall. Once we found out, we had some serious discussions, and he realized that it was stupid, and he stopped. I am going crazy with reestablishing trust. Every time he leaves the house, I have so much anxiety. Who's he with? What's he doing? I check in with him all the time when he's gone, which he hates. Because I can't figure out how to just let him be and make his own choices. I check his car, his pockets, and everything for evidence of vaping. I can't relate to this at all. Actually, I can't. <laughs> this, is a, this is such a hard question. I, she admits, just, we know. We know it's not healthy. How can I learn to let go and trust again? Get rid of the anxiety, build our relationship. Um, and then she kind of adds that she asked him, she flat out asked him, and he said, but he, he wasn't doing it, and the struggle is still there. I think this is this is serious, and, and I also don't think it's just vaping. I think this could be anything 
when anybody's let you down or you're just scared, um, how do you establish trust? Yeah, well, the more typical things are that's going to bring up this conversation are going to be vaping, alcohol, and marijuana. That's more typical teen stuff. Uh, by no means am I saying that they should be doing those as a teenager. I'm saying that's the more typical things that teenagers are going to experiment with. So everyone has the fear, every parent has the fear that if they experiment with these things, then you start to get in the time machine and go a year, two years, three years, four years down the future, and then you start to already plan that their life's going to be a wreck, this and that and the other, because that's what our fears and worst case scenarios would tell us. Um, so mom and anyone listening to this going through something similar, just know that specifically with this woman though, it's really cool that you gave that detail that you know that this doesn't feel good, that you don't like it. You know what you're doing is wrong. Not in the sense, probably one sense that it's not getting the result you want. And another sense, it just doesn't feel good. And then another sense, you start to see the relationship, whatever relationship you did have with your teenager, it's slipping through your fingertips. And no matter how hard you try to grab onto it, it just gets slippery and slippery and you're losing the relationship. You want to trust though. Not yeah. trusting is such an uncomfortable it's a fear based it keeps you up place. at night. Yeah. I think so many people are listening to her question and that's a very, that's a really common, very real concern and worry. So like most of DMs and like most of our, our podcasts, I'm probably not going to say something that's intuitive. It may sound a little bit crazy, but I've made a living off of these crazy suggestions. That what he's saying is he's about ready to say something that you would never do on your own. <laughs> yes. You would never come up with this idea by yourself. But you're here to light the fight, not to fight the light. Okay. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. So let me uh, unpack and kind of break down a little bit of what you said. First thing you said is, I'm having this issue with my 17-year-old son. Let me put a big highlight around that number. Because last time I checked, 17 is right before what? What birthday is right before? 18. 18. And in the United States, what happens at 18? You become an adult. Now, Except for that they're never ready. Okay, so they become an adult. Can you, like, change their birth certificate and give you another year? And, like, like oh, you were actually born on 2001. I think that's a good business idea. <laughs> if we could somehow. We, we, we advanced you. You were so smart, you skipped two grades. You're really not that old yet. <laughs> that's going to be a tough sell this late in the game. Because they can Google, they can call the state, like they'll figure you out, right? <laughs> so what I want you to do when I say I'm highlighting 17, they're so close to being an adult, but it's not likely they're going to be an independent adult when they turn 18. So they're still going to need your support. And for your sanity, you're going to need to know that they're safe. And you're going to need to know that all the 17 years of their life that you invested in was was all wasn't for not you want a return on your investment i mean think of how many shoes and video games and <laughs> think how many practices you drove them to no parent wants to sit back and after 18 years go wow that gave me nothing in return plus you love them plus you love them <laughs> if you're a normal human you know you had to it takes nine months not nine days to create them all these things that we're saying, we're just building this narrative. We're building this story. And we talk about this a lot. Always err on the side of the relationship. So let's now take the vaping. You caught them last fall. 
you've all your attempts to stop him from doing said vaping have failed. So then you went into FBI mode. So now you work for the FBI, but this FBI is mom BI, so MBI. And your only desire is not to stop crime. Your only desire is to make sure he doesn't vape. And when you ask him if he does, and by the way, I hear this probably three or four times a week, and that's a soft estimate of this story. This question is a three to four time a week question. So every part of you is saying, we have very little time left to stop him from vaping. And I'm about to tell you, you have very little time left to show him that you are less concerned about vaping and more concerned about the relationship with him. He's about to turn 18. You're about to lose your mind. Let's look at reality the way it is. Yikes. If he's outside of your house, not only can you not make sure he's not vaping, you can't make sure he's going to work. You can't make sure he's going to school and college. But things eventually rise to the surface. Now, people have told me, well, I read statistics and studies, how bad it is for your health. I'm like, okay, how long has he been doing it? Since the fall? Probably not going to die of cancer tomorrow. Oh, I can absolutely tell. We're going in a direction that I would not feel comfortable. Absolutely. So listen up. <laughs> Luckily, you can't leave the room. Everybody else can. Hey, if you don't like what I'm about to say, or, you know, you can press pause and never this pocket. She's stuck with me. So Aaron on the side relationship means this. You and your husband have to be on the same page telling the same story. But it's going to take, like Heidi talks about, you evolving first. You're going to have to mirror. So I'm not going to say all of our podcasts. Everything's leading up to these types of questions. You have to mirror for him that your relationship is more important and you believe that he wants to better his life. You can't take him doing bad in school and vaping and all these things and put him, well, you can, I wouldn't suggest you put them all into one category and say, if we stop vaping somehow, that means he's going to get better grades. I have plenty of kids come across my, my room that get great grades and they vape. Then those parents are really screwed. They're like, damn it. What do we do? Because like, he's like doing so amazing, and yet over here, and I just remind them of their life. How many times they did things that they knew they weren't good for them, but they just kind of had, maybe they felt they'd get accepted by doing it. Maybe they felt like it was their own way of rebelling, and they could kind of like, you know, like, I'm not supposed to do this, so I'm going to do it. But if the relationship with your teenager is better, now the reason to vape becomes very limited the story changes. So the parents that I counsel, I encourage them to do this. So mom and dad, if you guys are living together or if you're not living together, you're going to have to say the same message, be on the same page. You tell your son, now granted, you're going to have to do a lot of like meditation and like a lot of being sarcastic here. You're going to have to do a lot of soul searching to give this a shot. Oh, I, I, I'm meditating right now. Okay. And this is She's even. already getting nervous. Okay. <laughs> so the, here's what the, the message should sound. So let's say this little Tommy. Hopefully, I'm not guessing his name right. <laughs> so, By the way, if we guess the name, please, he gets yeah, $100. Pardon me. <laughs> so Tommy, because he's your little baby boy still. You still have the pictures when he was little. You still kept some of his clothes. You still have when he was in kindergarten, he did these things. So you're looking at your baby boy doing a grown boy thing. So you're very, very scared. That's like, imagine having your little baby boy having sex with a girl. You oh, don't want to hey, have whoa, that imagination. Whoa, whoa. Let's go straight back to the vaping. No, I, no, I'm using crazy <laughs> talk here, okay, to make a point. You don't want to imagine him having sex with a girl, and you don't want to imagine him 
taking those hot puffs of a vape or some weed, it just would drive you crazy to think of that. And it's embarrassing and you feel like you're ashamed. But here's the reality. Little Tommy's going to have sex someday. And right now, little Tommy is vaping. So I want you to be ahead of this and I want you to lay groundwork and pave a whole different road. So I want you and your husband to go and talk to him and I want you to say something along these lines. All right, Tommy. And if you want to refer to a podcast because maybe it might help him go, what are they? Because he's going to think there's something weird with this. So you could say, we listen to this podcast or we just been talking and we figured something out. You know, every time we ask you if, you get, if you're vaping and you don't really like that too much because it makes you feel like we don't trust you and, you know, all these things. And then I say really good mom things like, it's not that I don't trust you, but, and then I try to find some crazy reason to, to validate me searching your room and all these things and hope I'm assuming he knows you're searching this stuff. Doubt it. Yeah. Well, I, I, he probably has his suspicions. It's why he's hiding it really well. Okay. okay. And you're fighting with them back and forth about it. You need to tell him, say, you know what? We're going to take a different approach. No, in fact, we need to take a different approach because this isn't working for either of us. I don't like to not trust you. Oh, and yeah, by the way, you know, all those times I said I didn't trust you. It's true. I didn't. You're right. But that's the problem, not the solution. So we decided we want to take a totally different approach. Here's what we want to do. We want you to not vape with our knowledge and to know that we do not allow you to and we're not encouraging you to. We have been embarrassed of you vaping, which is why we've been trying to stop you from vaping. But the reality of it is is we're not embarrassed of you. We love you. So whether you vape or not does not change our love for you And that's our issue. We have to figure out a better way to have a relationship with you, whether you're vaping or not vaping. I think we've told you to nauseam how much we don't like it, so we're just going to knock that off. Because us telling you we don't like it doesn't make you feel good, doesn't make you feel like, oh, my parents are so proud of me. It probably makes you feel ashamed, embarrassed, and it probably motivates you to want to hide it even more. So here's what we're going to do. We want to cut you a deal. If you promise to not put it in our face, to be very respectful. Don't bring it in our house, like those types of things. We're just asking, we're not gonna enforce this. We just ask that you don't bring it in the house. If you choose to vape, you do it privately with your friends on your own time, your own thing. And if there's other people around, like if it's outside of church, please don't do it then because it's embarrassing for us and we still love you, but we just don't like it. So for example, little Tommy, I'm sure there's some things that we do that embarrass you. So what we're going to do is we're not going to try to embarrass you anymore in front of your friends. We're not going to be trying to look like the FBI trying to find out you've been vaping and we're not going to question you about it. So this is going to be a mutual respect. We're not going to give you our permission to vape and you're not going to vape in front of us or do it in any way that any of our family or friends would know about. You're, you're not going to try to recruit other family members. If we have a cousin's hanging out at a barbecue, we don't want you to be the first one teaching little cousin Tommy or little cousin Johnny how to vape because then their parents are going to get mad. Do you get the story we're saying? We want you to do whatever you feel you need to do and we're going to make sure that we don't shame you for it, but we just ask for some respect for in return. So this is a mutual benefiting thing. Now, 
if you do have it at the house and you do get caught with it, we'll give you a warning, but we want you to agree that if it happens a second time, then we're going to have to come up with something that you're going to agree to go without. So for example, a couple families that did this, they made an agreement with their son. They said, hey, listen, same thing I just told you. They said, the first time, we'll just give you a warning. The second time, we're going to ask you to do something to show that you broke the agreement and that you feel bad for it. And so they agreed on, if he gets caught vaping, then he has to go without his phone for three days. But we're not going to try to catch you vaping. This was the agreement. Mom had to back off. Then the third time, if it happens, you have a 30 days to find out how to pay for your own phone. And guess what this young man did? He said, where do I sign? One, he believed that if he was given the freedom to live his own life, he didn't want to fight with his parents either. He did not feel comfortable with it. And the worst thing about it for him is he knew how much it stressed out his mom because his mom had a very strong moral ethical code. And for her, vaping meant he was going to hell. Like that's how she acted. And so he thought, if this is going to send me to hell, dang, what if she finds out about all the other stuff I did? Like, <laughs> then she's really going to hate me. Oh, so he gosh. was trying to protect this secret yeah. because if this secret got out, then that means she's going to be like, oh, my baby. So what they did is they made a simple agreement. It wasn't even a full parent-teen agreement, but it was parent-teen agreement-esque, which we will go over for those of you who've been listening to the podcast. And he agreed to it. He said, yes, I just don't want to feel bad for making you feel bad. And mom was like, I don't want to feel bad for ruining, you know, like our relationship by not trusting you. This was such an easy turnaround. And the mom, she told again, she told her friends this crazy idea that she was doing, that it was working. And she got a lot of heat and criticism because the people that were on her moral side, one specific religious leader, let's just put it that way was saying, no, 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 no. I want to talk to this therapist. I can't believe he told you that. And he was very against. And so I said, please give him my number. I would be happy to talk to him. And he did call me and we had a conversation. And at the very end of the conversation, I will pat myself on the back. He said, because of the relationship change between the son, oh, by the way, the son actually started comb his hair for church. There were small signs that the son, it had nothing to do with vaping, but she was saying, I'm going to give you the freedom to be you. And then he started to think about the things she's been also wanting him to do. He's like, I can't give up my vaping for whatever reason. But she does want me to be a little, he was like more that kind of like shaggy hair, you know, like kind of like he was going for the grungy look. He started combing his hair back, pulling it back. Months later, he did cut his hair without her asking. These are all things that she also wanted. But until she had to make some change where she put her skin on the table first, he wasn't going to be willing to consider all those other changes. So in, in our actual DM, she says that, he, that this son has claimed that he's not yeah. using, which he may or may not be doing. And so what, what you're really saying, if I could unpack it here for a second, is you're saying that in order to try to trust your son is that you sort of surrender to the fact that they might not be giving you control. Uh, they might not be giving you their agency. So listen to this one, Heidi. This, this might be helpful for you, what I'm about to say. The only way to gain control of a situation is to voluntarily give up excessive control 
uh, desire to control that situation. I feel like I need to write that down. So the only way the only way to gain control of the situation is to voluntarily give up the excessive need to control that situation. Do do all you listeners see how this is completely contradictive to every parenting instinct that you may be feeling? Because that's exactly what I'm feeling. But and remind you, we so all you parents out there, if you're doubting this, what did I say the very first thing? Put a highlight on the seventeen. This was not a mom saying a 13-year-old son because I got a different thing for that. But we're talking about 17, the, the late teenage years. This is the teenage years where you're trying to make sure that you have a good enough relationship that when you're in a retirement home, they'll want to help you out someday. That's what you're working for right now, whether you realize it or not. Because that resentment from a teenager to an adult, that could make family reunions and family get-togethers the rest of your lifetime pretty unbearable. Well, and if for those of you, I don't know if you have listened to the previous DM in, in which we kind of talked, David talked about, suggested that a mother actually empower her daughter to find a solution that would work for her in dealing with her own anxiety. This whole like empowering your child while they are still under your roof, um, while it's very contradictory to the way that I would parent out of on my own, and 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 I'm going to be completely honest with you, I have dealt with this situation, and um, it dealt with a vape pipe being thrown on the ground and stepped on. So that didn't go very well. But that was when I was a really powerful overreactor. I don't know what I would do right now. <laughs> I'm not in that situation at this exact moment, but I do believe what David is saying about empowering your child. And I think that by focusing on the relationship, it changes everything. And so while that would be very scary for me, and I think anybody who's listening, especially if you're talking about maybe marijuana or maybe you're talking about alcohol, which and if there's been addiction of your family or if you've struggled with those things yourself, there's a lot of reasons to be scared. But you've told me many times, Heidi, after losing your son to suicide, you don't look at things like vaping and those other things the same way anymore. It's true. You just you just don't it's you true. can't even compare it's like it's not – and the biggest, biggest picture, it doesn't matter that much. It is a concern. It's not life or death at this moment. And the biggest mistake parents will make, they'll try what I'm saying, and they start it out like this. Hey, uh, we came up with a different plan that we're all going to do. And, um, you know, we sometimes have, you know, lacked trust in you and – you know, and, and I know we've said some wrong things in the past. And, and of course, you know, you've lied to us too. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I did not suggest you to say it like that. If you don't take extreme ownership of your part, you will never get them to come to your side of the street. You have to say, I've made this mistake. I will continue making this mistake if I don't make a change. I care more about the relationship. You already know how I feel about vaping. Let's make a deal. I would like to offer, I'm going to stop FBIing you, searching you, asking you, 
And from now on, if I ask you, if you vaped, if I slip out, you have my permission to say, mom, I would prefer not to answer that question. Because why is the mom needing the teenager to make her feel better? Because she's at that point now where she's about to say goodbye to them and she's hoping that all of her work, like I said in the beginning, is going to pay off. You don't get that reassurance, moms, dads, nobody in relationships, do you get reassurance that all your hard work is going to give you what you want? And if you don't believe me, think about all the crappy jobs you've had in life. You may have felt like you put a lot of work and didn't get paid for it or didn't get the respect you needed. We all know that's a part of the deal. You put yourself out there, you own your stuff, and you say, here's what I want to do different, but I have to first tell you where I went wrong. And oh yeah, by the way, can you just do me a solid, just, just not do it like where I can be at my face. Like I'm now, instead of saying, don't hide it from me, I'm asking you, please hide it from me because I can't handle it right now and I don't want to ruin the relationship. And you know what? Let's remember... And that's in, sorry, that's okay. empowering. Yeah. When you tell a kid that saying, you want to help me, then, you know, just do your life. I'd rather you get grades figured out and all stuff figured out. The, the vaping thing, I'm just hoping you'll figure that out on your own. Right. And let's, let's remember, parents, as a group, we did stupid stuff. And... And we they actually, hear us sitting around when our friends come into town telling all the crazy stories when we were teenagers, and they hear those stories and they wonder because teenagers tell me, "Why do my parents say that they snuck out, they did this, but when I do it, they it's like it's the end of the world." But when they did it, it was a good story. Well, and so and there's a lot of hypocrisy that we put out there unknowingly. And that's why I'm just saying, if we look back in our lives, if we're really honest with ourselves, and we look back and we say, "You know what? I did this. It was really stupid," but I actually really learned a lot from that, and it, and. And we can all be honest as parents also that you learn the most from the worst decisions. You just, you just do. And so I guess this is that moment of crossing your fingers and hoping that they're going to, that they're going to learn. And, and then here's the thing is that you're surrendering. You get to trust that they're going to, that they're going to do that. And so the anxiety, the not sleeping, the stress takes a back seat. You're still concerned. That's never going to go away. That's never going to go away. Oh, and by the way, the mom that the son, they made this agreement, and the son started to not complain about go to church and pull his hair back and be a little bit more like feeling good. Here's something that she didn't know was going to happen. By him doing that on Sunday – she went to bed not worrying about him vaping on Monday. It was, a, it was an exchange. And he knew it. He knew his mom. He's like, I can't give up the vaping, but you know, I'll clean myself up a little bit more and I'll do my mom a solid. She was like, I thought if I gave up this power and control, it meant I'm the sacrificial lamb. I have to do all the hard work and nothing's going to come back in return. But when he started to do those little things that meant a lot to her, she said, that was really more important to me than I even realized it was. I was. She was so used to making everything the problem, she didn't realize that there was a couple wins. It softened the blow of the loss. Okay, so can I just ask the mom question? That yeah. Is vaping like the gateway to all the other bad things? Well, let me encourage sorry. you like our sorry. last I'm Sorry, so that's parents, my fear uh, talking. Uh, uh, no, a lot of parents. Okay, let, let me just put this out there. 
I'm going to ask you, if you want to know information, don't assume your information is accurate. I want you to Google this. Google how many teenagers, what are the statistics on teenagers that experiment with alcohol, marijuana, and vaping that leads to hardcore addictions in later adult life? You will find a very surprising number that's a lot lower than in our, because our emotions tell us it's possible. Susie down the street had a son that was great, and then now he's horrible. It started with that dang marijuana, or he, she had, he had a couple <laughs> Keystone lights. Yeah. You know what happened? That happened, and that was bad. But we don't know the whole story of, her, of Susie's son. We don't know what's really going on behind the scenes. So it's easy to take something that is like a, val like a validation of like this was the worst case scenario and try to say, oh, this is what's going to happen to us. This happened recently. Um, someone was telling me about, I told them I was from uh, Carlsbad slash Oceanside, California. Like, oh, Oceanside, that place is horrible. When I was there, I saw this guy mug this other guy and this and that. I'm like, well, yeah, but maybe you could get mugged in any city. I mean, Oceanside's not the best city, but it's not the worst city. It's easy sometimes to take a, a horrible scenario and make that the norm. So as a mother question, is vaping, marijuana, alcohol the gateway to these other drugs? Well, yes, it can be. But that's not the typical outcome. And they're, if, they're not there. It's just it's just not only is it not the statistics, it's less likely that. OK, let me give you a perfect example. How many of you out there listening to this remembers during the late 80s and 90s, I think specifically the late 80s, they did this thing called the Scared Straight Program. They would take high school teenagers that were at risk and in a lot of trouble, and they would take them to prison and put them in front of a real prisoner that was up there for murder, these horrible things stand, you think you're bad, you think you're tough, I'll do this to you if you're in prison, and just go after them. The program didn't work. In fact, a lot of these kids would sit there and prisoners wanted to beat them up because these kids were like, some kids would break down and cry and other kids would sit there and get harder like they're, they were going to fight. It was like, it was almost like it was their dad that they hated was saying it to them. And I'm sitting there watching this. Even when I was younger, I'm like, oh, this is bad. This is TV ratings. This is horrible. What was horrible about it, you can't shame someone that's an older a teenager or even a younger teenager into living the life you want them to live. You just created them another reason to go hit the bottle harder, to do whatever drug it is harder. So you know what the real gateway is? You shaming your kid. Right, right. And, and actually, I was, I was thinking that. Like, <laughs> wait, the whole purpose of this podcast that's the gate. You know what the gateway <laughs> drug is? Feeling like crap. And the people who are supposed to make you feel better, they're the ones who did it. Okay, so let me ask you one more thing. And I know that we're like 30 minutes. I'm going to keep our it. jams kind of short. I'm talking to my daughter tonight. And she has a friend. Like that, actual face-to-face -face talking or yes. digital talking? Okay, no, we're talking. All She's right. laying out in the sun and I was eating ice cream. So it was good. And she told me that she has a friend who has been like on dance and chair at the school. And this is their senior year, and they're talking about their senior year. And You're not going to knock out the friend by saying too much, are you? No. You got to be real careful, okay? No. I just want to make sure. Two of her friends said, we don't want to re-up on these, on these teams because we want to spend our entire senior year partying. And we don't want the, we don't want this, like, get in trouble. 
by our coaches because th- that's in the they constitution. They won't be held to a high standard because yeah. yeah. it's so, from having fun. Senior year is way fun, and it's our year to party. And I was like, oh, crap. This is bad. Like, what if that is your kid's intent? I mean, I, we're probably going into something completely different, and I'm sure that this, the kids aren't saying that to their parents, but do you, do you use the same tactic? Okay, you, you got you got to clarify what you're really asking right now because I'm a, I'm a little confused well, what you're trying to say. So, because you said my daughter's friend said this, and what if there's intent? Do you use the same tactic? Like I, I don't. Quite okay, understand. so just my question. Try to say it again for me, please. If you have, you have a child who's been vaping. It's, it's we don't, and we don't. We obviously don't know what the intention is. Like I think it's cool, or I want it. It makes me feel relaxed, or whatever the intention is. What if you have a, somebody who's like, my intention is to just to party. That's what I want to do. I'm, try, I'm trying to think to myself how you would, how a parent would frame it if, if they're, I mean, you just say, I just don't want to know about it. So let's make up. Obviously, make I know scenario. that I'm going let's, into let's a totally make, different. No, let's make up a make believe Sarah. So what you're saying is what if a parent hears from a teenager says, Listen, um, mom, dad, um, I'll just be honest with you. The reason why I wanna, don't want to do it anymore is because I just want to have fun my senior year. And let's say the parent goes, by having fun, you're saying, like, go out and party and do stuff. And let's say the teenager's bold enough to say, yeah, I just want to go out and party and have fun. Okay? That would be like hearing a teenager saying, I can't wait to go to college because I want to go to college to party and have fun. Right. Which you expect more. Which you expect more. That's a year difference. So let me put it this way. Kids, and this is not a new thing with social media, partying, drinking, having fun is glorified. And especially when you hear stories about it, it even even kids that I counsel that don't ever get into drugs and alcohol, it's not their thing, but they have friends that do, they're even like, man, I kind of get tempted to do it because it sounds like it's really good. But the way I've seen it is they're always in trouble, this and that, and they're, it's always caused drama, so that's why I've chosen not to do it. Not all kids are going to have that foresight. Not all kids are going to have that understanding at that age. So if a kid says, hey, this is what I want to try and do, they're going to do it. But if you have 10 kids that have that mentality in the same friend group, that I'll try it. Some are going to stick to it. Some are just going to get tired of it. Some are going to miss being a part of a team. Some are going to come back, and I say this very confidently because they come back to me and tell me these things. I wish I would have played football my senior year. I wish I would have done cheer. I wish I didn't give up all these things just to party on fun. All it got me was drama. Now this person's hooking up with this person, and it's drama, 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 even worse than it was before, and it wasn't as much fun as I thought it was going to be. Some of those kids actually turn a corner. Maybe they have regret. Maybe they stop. Now other kids... They say, it's been a lot of fun. I've had tons of fun. I'm so glad I partied my senior year because I'm tired of people telling me what to do. I don't really look at it as one is bad and one is good. These are all collective experiences that are choices, but you don't get to choose the way you feel about those choices or the consequences that come with those choices. Right. I'm never scared. Now, apparently, and people that have lost kids to car accidents, drinking and driving, 
if you're hearing this, I'm not saying go ahead and let your kid drink and drive and do those things. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying allowing these things to happen. But if you want to focus on the relationship, you have an anchor with your teenager. When things don't work out the way they want it to work out, they can now circle back and they can say, hey, I think I made a mistake. I think I need to do not something painting, different. Kind of not painting them into the corner. Like, I told exactly. you so. Here's what's going to happen. Exactly. You're going to come back here and you're going to do this and you're going to do this. Rather. You're going to regret it because I was pregnant at 16 and I regretted it. I've heard that one a lot of times. I'm like, mom, do you realize how horrible your argument sounds right now? You're trying to tell them you don't want them to do small things that could lead to your big thing because that's what you did. But you made that mistake. You didn't figure it out. So you're not necessarily the best person for the advice of this. But what you can do is you can say, hey, listen, you know my life. Like let's say it's a parent that hasn't made great you know, choices when they're their age. You know my life. I would be a hypocrite if I sat here and told you that you need to do all these things because you're ruining your life. Obviously, my life is good. I have a great daughter. I have a great son. Like we have a lot of good things for us. I'm only saying this stuff because I'm a concerned parent. I know you got to go through your path. But like I said earlier, this is where it comes back to our other question earlier in this specific DM. I can't allow it. I'm not going to support it. And I'm not going to condone it. But out of respect for you, I'm not going to play police officer and ruin our relationship just so I can have reassurance you're not taking a path that could eventually someday possibly perhaps cause you hardship. I will, however, if you get in trouble and these things happen, I may not save you. In fact, I, I don't think I can save you from these situations. Don't use threats like, well, if you get caught in jail, don't call me. That's ridiculous because you want your kids to call you when they're in real trouble. Just say, if you get busted, don't expect me to be happy about it. So you go roll the dice, but with safety, you can start talking to your kids about safety and planting seeds inside their ear if you establish a mutually respecting relationship. The moms and dads that have done this, that have made the relationship, then when their kids are going to go out to a party, they know there's drinking, they don't ask, hey, are you going to drink or not? Because then your kid says no, and then when they do get drunk later on that night, they're not calling you to pick them up. So we don't want to get in that situation. Instead, you say, hey, listen, I don't know if there's going to be drinking alcohol and drugs there, but here's what I do know. I do know that I can trust you that if some things get out of hand and you don't know what to do, you'll call, you'll text me or uncle, aunt. These are the four people you can call. If you don't feel like calling me or your dad, these people can call. You are not going to bug us in any time of the night. We got your back. I love you, sweetheart. Have a good night. That way they don't have to hide and protect the things that they're doing. They have a, you know, I call it a get out of jail free card. I call it a lifeline. They can be like, oh my gosh, how many times are we like, I made a big mistake. Oh crap, I screwed up. And then if you think I can't tell my parents because they'll kill up. me, now I'm stuck. I've counseled girls that wanted to leave a party that got raped or molested at, well, not molested, got raped at that party. But they felt like they couldn't talk to anyone, say they got drunk because they weren't get, supposed to get drunk, but they weren't planning on getting drunk. And so they just sat there and froze like a deer in the headlights. It is sad for me to watch parents go, I can't believe I made my kids scared to call me because the mom and dad like, we don't care if you're drunk that much. Like, well, you sure act like you did. Right. It's too late now. Now you learn the lesson the hard way. Well, and one of the things I, I've heard a lot is this kind of like this painting in the corner. There's no, there's no escape There's route. no options. You yeah. got no, it's, it's black or white. That's the worst position we want to be as adults with our job is to feel like we got no options. Yeah. You think a teenager wants to feel like they have no options? That's a horrible position with them as well. Like you said, painting in the corner. You guys, this, this is a hard 
this is a hard topic and no parent really wants to talk about it. And we just want to hope that our kids are going to make good decisions and that they're going to have good friends and, and they might, and they might not. But I hope that you will consider what David's saying and not be resistant. Um, the relationship does matter the most. And, you know, I, I hear from so many parents who are just, who are scared. And I'm going to say this one more time. It's okay to be scared. And it's okay to evolve. And extend yourself. Be brave. I really do. Ugh. This is hard stuff, especially if you as a parent have been in those shoes, you know. Um, can't protect our kids from everything. But we can certainly make sure that we build a relationship that creates a safety. And, and that's more important. A lot of you have, uh, thanks for those words, Heidi, because I, I, I'm glad you said that. A lot of people have heard the, the expression, an open door policy. If you have a boss that says, hey, I have an open door policy. You can come and ask me any question, talk to me anytime. Saying it does not actually mean you feel comfortable doing it. If you go into a boss and they're stressed and frustrated and they dismiss you and they don't want to talk to you or they just kind of cut you off really quickly or tell you to just go back to work, whatever. Yeah, you heard open door policy. They may even have a cute sign above their office door and the door's actually open. Come on anytime. But if your experience <laughs> is not an open door policy, then you start going to other coworkers and complaining about the boss. What do you think employers and companies try to avoid? The smart ones try to avoid that. They don't want disgruntled employees commiserating amongst each other, talking about the problem. So if you want to give an open door policy to your relationship, you have to tell them first, this is where I've gone wrong in the past. Here's what I think we should do to evolve. And I'm going to go first. It's, it's scary. Uh, and, and there you go. <laughs> I was just going to say, <laughs> you can be scared and you can do it. Yeah. So, but um, if you don't like was... my suggestion, we can start another email called fight the light at <laughs> david.com. <laughs> Email David all your complaints about how crazy this is, and I will gladly read them. This yeah. is a hard, you guys, this is a hard topic, and so I appreciate you um, sticking around and um, being open to this conversation. So thank you again for this DM, and we welcome your thoughts and your concerns and um, the conversation. So thanks for listening. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger 
for the ones who get it done.